season's going to end on a double doink. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Let the celebration begin. There's going to be a parade on Broadway. And your hosts, Brendan Deeg and Eric Warner. Hester's going to take it all the way for a touchdown. Hello, football faithful, and welcome back to another episode of the Double Doink Podcast. My name is Brendan Deeg. I will be your host today. You can follow me on Twitter at Eagles Talk underscore. Make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. Check out later episodes. Give us a like wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, you name it. We are there. My co-host, Eric Warner, at Talk underscore, is with me today. Eric, um, a couple Steelers players today were fined $5,000 for wearing their socks too low. Yeah. What is your opinion on low socks? I hate low socks. I'm wearing them today, and I am pissed. <laughs> I'm a long sock kind of guy. Why don't they wear long socks in games? Isn't that uncomfortable in the cleats? Yeah, well, <laughs> now that the weather's getting cold, yeah. I'm high <laughs> all the way. Yeah. But I, I saw that, and that, that's so ridiculous because I I saw some Philly guys on Twitter saying, so the guy that ended Deshaun Jackson's season potentially yeah. not getting fined yeah. for that dirty hand. And then Buddy wears some low socks. But yeah, wearing some low socks apparently is worth a fine. So. That's hilarious, yeah. Um yeah. Anyways, um, I just I thought that was interesting. I I've just never liked those socks. And even when I play sports, I remember hockey, football, the sports I played. I remember I always had to wear uh, always had to wear long socks. Anyways, before we get into it, this episode is sponsored by Twenty Two Bet. Twenty Two Bet is your one stop shop for all your sports betting. Download the Twenty Two Bet app today and enjoy its easy to use interface. The app is fast and reliable and completely intuitive. The sign up process is short and the sign up process is remarkably quick. There are lots of products including. Slots and live casino betting. Make your favorites for make your favorite picks for quicker access to your preferred sports leagues and teams. Twenty two bet is a huge selection of payment methods as well as options for cryptocurrencies and transactions are fast and no additional fees apply. Take advantage of your one hundred percent welcome bonus for the first time deposit. Twenty two bet is some of the highest odds on sports you're interested in, along with excellent coverage of sporting events, including local leagues. Terms and conditions apply. Visit twenty two bet.com for details. If you have a gambling problem, please call one eight hundred gambler. All righty, Mr. Eric Warner. The trade deadline today, a big thumbs down to that one. What uh, did you expect it to be this dull? Or what, like this was just beyond dull, no? I This was so disappointing. Um, and I mean, I, I was prepared for disappointment. And yeah. It was still disappointing. Um, there's a couple teams, a couple fan bases that I think I think maybe should be a little upset. The Green Bay Packers is one of them, I believe. The Green Bay Packers. <laughs> yeah. That is exactly what I was going to get into. I, I, after a really disappointing showing this weekend, I thought I thought management would say, "Hey, we we have two glaring areas of need: a second a second wide receiver to pair with Devontae Adams, and anybody that can stop the run." These two issues have been kind of their issues for multiple years now, yep. and management just hasn't done anything about it. So would you? So it, it's looking like the, the Texans wanted a second round, at least 
I don't believe the second round pick for some reason. I just don't think that's what they would have asked for. I think it had the money. I think it's something to do with the money going back. Like, would you, let's say if it was a second round pick, would you have just given a second round pick for Will Fuller? If you're Green Bay, like that's, it seems like that's the only name that was tied to the Packers today. Yeah. That was the big rumor. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's an overpay for Will Fuller, but I probably still would have done it because Green Bay is in win now mode. Yeah. Even though they just drafted the quarterback in the first round, but we can talk about that later. But yeah. Aaron Rodgers is in his prime right now. Devontae Adams is in his prime. This is when the Green Bay Packers should be going for it. And <laughs> the management just they they haven't really pushed themselves all in. They're kind of like half in. Right yeah, like now. so they go first round Jordan Love, second round AJ Dillon. Both those guys are seeing well, one of them seeing is completely not seeing the field of Jordan Love. And AJ Dillon has not even made an impact yet at all for the Packers. They're still they're still top um in their division, I believe, right? They're first place. Yeah. So like they're still a good team without those two guys. But this is kind of what you set yourself up for. Like you didn't use your resources, your first check round pick this year to help out your team. So what you will put your position yourself for, uh, for was to have to trade at the trade deadline. That's kind of what you set yourself up for. And they didn't do that. I, I don't, I don't like them not making a move. I thought it was kind of dumb. Like you got the saints making moves. Um, who else in there? Like I think it's kind of Brown. Yeah, exactly. So like, but yeah, Bucks got Antonio Brown saints uh, got Quan Alexander. So teams ahead of them are making, are making trades and making moves and they stood pat. Um, and I, I didn't, unfortunately, I didn't watch majority of that game yesterday between the Vikings and Packers. Um, but <laughs> you, did you watch of it? Okay. Right. Um, so I didn't watch many majority of it, but it looks like, like you said, the same issue is like the not being able to stop the run and not having a wide receiver. I think the wind might've had something to do with it in the passing game, but that's maybe an excuse, but those issues were on full display. And mm -hmm. this was, I think their chance. And if I'm a Packer fan, we got a good buddy's a Packers fan. Um, we've talked to him. He's not happy. I'm assuming a lot of Packers fans are happy right now. Yeah, um, that it's just looking at the landscape of the NFC right now. Um, there's there's still the favorite in the NFC North, and just looking around, I don't know why management wouldn't think we can win. We can win the NFC this year. Yeah. Um, and if Will Fuller were to catch a pass in the playoffs that won them a playoff game, he's worth that second round pick every single time. Yeah, exactly. Um, Good point. So it's, I mean, we'll we'll see down the road what happens, but I think Green Bay fans got to be really disappointed today. So what was the only trade? This there was Isaiah Ford, is that his name? Yeah, was moved in the division from to the Dolphins, the Patriots for a seventh round pick. So yeah. it's an overall dull day for the for NFL fans and trade deadline day. But we we both assumed it. I thought JJ Watt was going to be on the move because I just assumed with the contract and he was. I just felt the most tradable asset at a at a position of need. For many teams, but it, it didn't happen for some reason, and it. it and we're gonna, I want to. We'll get into it a little bit down the road about the deadline, but I, I think. Um, I think some changes maybe need to be done. All right, let's jump into week eight, which I loved. Um, it was great. I had a great couch day, lying on the couch up until mm -hmm. Saturday night football. I caught get all the action in that Pittsburgh. I want to start with Pittsburgh Baltimore because man, I don't care if this if the box score doesn't say it or it, I don't know if fans just didn't like the game, but I love this football game. Probably one of my favorite football games of the year so far. Um, Steelers won 20-24 late in the game, came down to kind of a last-minute um, almost touchdown attempt from Lamar Jackson, um, and Buddy gets them getting creamed by Mitchell Patrick in the end. But, Eric, uh, did you watch this game? Mm -hmm. I watched, uh, it was the 1 p.m. slot, yeah. though. So, so, a lot. so my biggest takeaway from this game is the Ravens' pass offense. Lamar Jackson is struggling. Um, Lamar Jackson is under 210 yards. 
um, passing since week one. He has not had a 210, above 210 yards since week one in a pass in the game, which is bad. Um, they have the 21st ranked pass offense, DVY pass offense. Um, and they're, it was on full display. They couldn't, when they needed to drop back and pass the ball, they couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And they were, they were actually kind of able to move the ball on the ground against Pittsburgh, which was surprising to me anyway. 265 rush yards. Yeah. J.K. <laughs> JK Dobbins goes over 100 yards. He was rushing at seven and a half yards per carry. He looked excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, if Lamar Jackson could hit a couple throws, I don't know if this – I think Ravens would kind of would have won this game easily. And he also threw two picks. It – it, I, it, Lamar Jackson lost in this game. Yeah, it looked straight up. And I'm glad yeah. you said that. One thing, I want to go back to something you just said. Uh, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, I love that that duo. I don't like. I don't think you need to go back to Ingram. Like I, I, this duo was awesome. They were kind of like they kind of like got like a little little shake and bake with with Dobbins and Edwards, kind of like more of an in space kind of guy. But both in that pop, um, I think that I think they when Ingram gets back, I think you got to kind of have to roll with these two. Um, I thought they were great. I thought I thought them two and Lamar Jackson just a kind of a three-headed monster when you can run the ball. Um, and you brought up the turnovers. Like, he had a pick six in the first minute um, of the first half. First, like, the beginning of the game. It's like the third play of the game. And then he had an interception in the first minute of the second half. Like, just two – like, those are two spots where you just can't throw. Like, those are killer parts of the game. Yeah. Um, also, just devastating injury early in this game for the Ravens. Yeah, Ronnie Stanley. Ronnie Stanley. Thank God he got that massive contract done before the game. Yeah, that's a good point. Very happy for him for that contract. Not very happy that he's going to be done for the year. So now Lamar Jackson's struggling, and he is now down two all-pro linemen that he had last year when he was so successful. So it's going to be really interesting to see going forward if Lamar can get over this hump with a lesser offensive line. But the guy that the guy that needs to st- stand up. Um, Mark Andrews, where's he been this yeah, year? Yeah, he's been invisible. Like I said, the pass game in general has just not been there. I don't, and I don't know if like it, it was kind of weird because even the scheme. Like I'm not, I I love Greg Roman. I love what he did last year, but I think Greg Roman's having a tough go with this offense right now. I think a lot of teams have a lot of film on them. They're kind of taking away the middle of the field in the passing game, and it's really hurting Lamar. And like you said, Mark, Mark Andrews' uh, production just hasn't been there. I just in general, the passing offense just hasn't been there at all. Um, Lamar looks very shaky right now. I, I think there could be some issues. And you brought up the Ronnie Stanley thing. I, I think they'll be okay right now, but that's an injury that you might see in like the, the wild card division round, like championship game, when they need to drop back and pass, right? When they need right. to start passing the ball and Ronnie Stanley's not there to protect you, you could be like, that's when they're going to feel it. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what I think the biggest concern for the Ravens is right now is Ken Lamar Jackson, when they are down, Say they're down by 10 in the fourth quarter. Can Lamar Jackson move the ball downfield through the air to get two scores in, say, less than 10 minutes? Because you're likely going to have to do that at he's, some he's point. He's going to have to. Like, yeah. He's, like, he's not, he's not going to be able to run through the league like he did last year. And look what happened when he had to drop back and pass in the playoffs last year. He wasn't able to do it. Right. So this team, it's so important for this team to get off to a, get off to a quick start. And play from the lead because playing from behind it, it just it seems like a a major weakness of Lamar. But enough about the Ravens. I, I yeah, gotta talk about the Seahawks. Yeah, I know. So one more thing I want to touch on the Ravens. Uh, Justin Tucker, little little props to you, man. That guy is like the best yeah. guy in the lead still. That fifty-one yarder he hit before half. 
like just drilled it. Like yeah. it wasn't even close. I just wanted to throw that out there. It's fun watching. Uh, fun watching. Like, he's probably the best kicker ever, right? Yeah, so we get to really, see him. He, it's actually a kicker. Yeah. You're excited. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's just got yeah. such a big leg. Anyways, yeah, you make it like let's change this over to the Pittsburgh side. Like they, they're definitely the winners of the week now. Like seven and zero, they are. I think the league's best team. I don't think you can make that argument right now. They've had some big wins, Tennessee and Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Now those are two convincing wins. Yeah. Um, like in they're, they're winning in different ways. Like their defense like wasn't very good yesterday. If you, like they like I said, two hundred sixty five yards on the ground. The Ravens had three rushers of over sixty five yards. So like that's that's a hard to do, and the rate and the Steelers what they did is they just made big plays mm-hmm. in big time moments. Yeah, this team they had their their schedule got changed out of whack because of the Titans COVID outbreak early in the year. So their schedule got changed, and they just had to go through a gauntlet. They played three teams with a combined record of fourteen and two, and they won all three of yeah, them. Yeah, that's a great stat. Like and that. the last two were back to back on the road against yeah. two good teams. Um, yeah, all the props to the Steelers right now. I do think they're the best team in the league. Um, and the thing I love about their offense is who, who do you take out on their offense? Like <laughs> yeah. they, they just have, they have so many guys and they, they don't have a, like that one go-to guy. They just spread it around to everyone. And I, I think that that must be a nightmare for opposing defensive coordinators because there's. You, you take out you take out Juju Smith Schuster. Well, then you got Chase Claypool um, working. Uh, James Connor's all right on the ground. I I still think that he could be play better, which is kind yeah. of scary for this offense. If if they get him going, I think that the sky's the limit for this team. Yeah, and like you brought up the amount of weapons, like Juju Smith Schuster's been kind of like an an outcast, not outcast, but he hasn't been in the spotlight this year. Like Chase Claypool. Um, has basically kind of taken over the reins as number one receiver. And Juju was awesome yesterday. Like, he had some huge mm-hmm. catches and big-time plays. He had three first-down catches yesterday in the fourth quarter. I'm um, sorry, second half, not fourth quarter. So second half in total, three first-down catches, which is massive. He was big. He made a big play to put them in position to score that um, to game-winning touchdown. Like, he was awesome. He was their best player on the field, in my opinion. Um, Stephon Tuitt, sorry to go back to the defense, but, man, that guy's a beast. Like, they've got they've – got, we got players all over the field. Um, I, I loved watching this game. You you, you texted um, our group chat right after the game. You're like, have they? It's just have these two teams ever played a, like a non interesting game? Yeah, like every it, time they yeah. play each other, it's an awesome game. Yeah. It's, it's such physical football too. It just it, it's it's up there for best rivalry in the NFL. Hundred percent. Sure. I, I really enjoyed that game. I think both those teams. I think you, both those teams are two of the top three, four, five teams in the league. I still think Baltimore will be okay. Like I think they'll get them figured out. They should have won that game. They kind of blew it, like you said. Lamar Jackson blew it for them. My opinion. Too many turnovers. Too many miscues. Um, but I, I thought they were the better team overall in that game. But Pittsburgh just made big plays and big moments. Like their fifth string, like their fifth linebacker made it had that huge interception. Yeah, interception. Yeah, but and it's like, tackle. Yeah, exactly. So they they just got guys making plays all over the field. So they're they're a really well rounded built team right now. So they're um. I think they're the best team in the NFL, yeah. and I think it's bar none. Is TJ Watt your defensive player of the year? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let's get. I'm gonna get. Well, let's get into that down the road. I've I've got a I've got a point to be made maybe okay. down there. Um. All right, let's get into your Chicago Bears. Your Bears lose to the New Orleans Saints, 26 to 23 in overtime on a game-winning Will Lutz field goal. Um. Pretty entertaining. Pretty entertaining game all around. Um. In my opinion, I really enjoyed it. Um. What was your kind of overall take? Um. Just in general of the game. Um, it's a, it's a, another game, same story, just no 
clue what to do at the quarterback position. Um, in my opinion, the way Nick Foles is playing right now is worse than what Mitch, how Mitch was playing oh, there it is. when he got benched. I mean, <laughs> Nick Foles is just missing guys. Yes, he didn't have a good game. Um, the book on Trubisky is – Trubisky might not see the field as well, so he misses guys that way. But Nick Foles is seeing guys and just not hitting them. Yeah. So what's worse? I don't know. I The inability to make throws, I think, is what is really bothering me about Foles. And the offensive line – is now it's not it's not good to begin with. Now it's banged up. I I think I like the idea of Mitch being able to use his legs to to create some offense because I I'm really concerned about the line right now. And we just had um, the right tackle Massey get put on IR, and then his backup Spriggs is in COVID yeah, so protocol. So, now. so if you don't know, COVID scare going around the Bears locker room. So it looks like two offensive linemen. Yeah. Back. Two offensive linemen and an offensive lineman put on IR. So not a good week for the O-line. Um, the, the positive I will take out of this game is Montgomery looked like he had um, some more juice on Sunday. Yeah, he looked great. I, 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 liked, I really liked what I saw from him. Yeah, it's good to get him going. Uh, but once again, like this is, a, this is a game where the Bears' defense, I thought, played pretty well other than – they, for some reason, why did they go into prevent defense on the end of the first half? They're up yeah. thirteen to three. Um, Saints get the ball for a two-minute drill, and they just all of a sudden go into the soft prevent defense. That was that was key in the game too at the end of that first half. Yeah, and then so and then the Saints get the ball right, or no, sorry, the Bears get the ball right after the the um, kickoff, and. Javon Wims decides to go Mike Tyson mode and punches out what I forget his name twenty two. Yeah, Gardner Gunner Johnson. Yeah, that was one of the most selfish plays I've ever seen. What was he doing? And what was he thinking? What was his excuse after he spit on him? Was that what he said? He said something along the lines of that. This was unwarranted. Just dumb. It was just such a selfish play. Yeah. Like. Not the time and place. Uh, this Gardner Johnson guy, he's got a little bit of a history. Last year, he was he was the guy who did the um, Tariq Cohen mocking him for being short. Yeah, yeah, with, that, that, that went viral. Right, right, yeah, that's right. Um, he also got into it with Allen Robinson last year in that game. Um, yeah. There was some beef there. Um, Gardner Johnson also was the guy that Michael Thomas punched in practice. So, yeah. This, <laughs> 22, he's he's just very good at getting under yeah, people's skin. Apparently, yeah. Apparently, he's yeah. really good at getting under people's skin. And Wims just completely blew up. And that was just kind of kind of the story of the third quarter of the Bears so far this season. They have seven points in the third quarter this year. That's a stat. Yeah. <laughs> so that kind of makes me wonder what's going on with the um, – coaching like no halftime adjustments or whatever adjustments they're making are failing miserably i got i got something i i I'm, even if you just take a look at the box score of this game like the bears offense doesn't make any sense yet most going 41 times you had david montgomery carrying the ball 21 times the next highest guy is Cordell Patterson with one carry and Trubisky with one carry. Do they not have anyone else they can hand the ball off to? Like, no, like, no wonder Dave Montgomery's not been able to get 
all he needs because he's the war. He's a workhorse. You need to be able to have a backup running backs in this league. Like it's such a key position, in my opinion. Like look, like it just around the league, you need guys that can come in and be a change of pace for you. You need to be able to to rotate your offense. And to me, there's none of that going on right now, John. Then, like it's, it's not hard to find. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, Mike Davis came off the street. Yeah. And it was unreal for the Panthers. Um, I'm blanking on his name, but the backup for. Seattle this weekend when they're on their four yeah. string Dallas I believe his name was he comes out with two touchdowns like teams seem to be able to find running backs no problem yeah. but we, we we just don't. I I think it's a huge problem like I know it doesn't seem like it is but I just Nick Foles is like a kind of a he's a he's a tricky guy and he need like you need to have guys rotate in and you need fresh faces and and fresh bodies and and people that are not tired on the field for your for your offense and I, I just I don't get the running back rotation. Like I, I said to you, I'm like, what, what's with this Mitch Trubisky play? And you make a good point because they don't have anyone else that can run the ball right now. Yeah. So like, that's I, I, uh, I, I think this offense like has got some serious issues. I think 26-23. I think they this was such a winnable game for them. Like I, I oh, yeah. this was a game that they should have won in my opinion. Um, I, I watched, I watched it all, and I, I thought the Bears were the better team. I'm not, I wasn't impressed with the Saints. Um, to be honest, at, at all, I thought Kamara kind of just ran wild. They just couldn't stop Alvin Kamara. He single handedly kind of. That carried that Saints offense. Um, I I, uh, I don't know what you do at the quarterback position for the Chicago Bears there. I don't know what you do. I think you have to stick with Foles, but there needs to be some changes. There needs to be some sort of player inserted in this lineup to spark in the backfield. Like Montgomery, I love, and he's a great player. I think he's one of the only players on the team with juice. Um, Anthony Miller actually did have a good game. Um, he, you were you were hyping on him last week, so um, he, he bounced back. But I just I don't know. They, they're very dull and blank yeah. to watch. <laughs> Jimmy Graham also sucks. Yeah, Jimmy Graham had a bad, he had a bad day, and it oh. wasn't even just the drops. He had, I think, he had two drops, and his routes, like he was just not running good he routes. Doesn't he, he doesn't, doesn't fight for the ball? Yeah, like he looks like he's tired, doesn't give a crap. Um, and he went on Twitter, uh, what was it, like twenty minutes right after the game, and he was apologizing. And you yeah. made the point where there was a spelling error in the tweet. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, like doesn't look like you care. I don't know. He didn't look like he, he wanted to be on the field. He had yeah. a rough day. I don't have anything good to say. About yeah. <laughs> So um, that's uh, so Bears lose 26-23. They're still sitting up five and three. Like it's not a bad mm-hmm. thing to lose to Saints. Like you, they're they're a great team, one of the better teams that I see. I just thought that was a winnable game. Um, all right, before we get into buy or sell, I do um want to talk about the stinker we had on Sunday night. Oh, Philadelphia Eagles went twenty three nine against Dallas Cowboys, um, in one of the most ugly games of the year, and everyone had to watch it because it was on primetime television. <laughs> so there wasn't there wasn't escaping it. Um, look, I, I want to ask you, am I crazy for this? When Wentz threw that fourth interception to John right. Hightower, I, it was second, fourth turnover, second interception. Yeah. If I was Doug Peterson, I would have pulled Carson Wentz. I know. You, yeah. you told me that lie yeah. that you wanted him to go. It wasn't that I didn't want – obviously, I want Wentz to see and I want him to be there, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm not a patient guy, one, so I, I don't have the patience as the most head coaches probably do. But I thought it was warranted. Like he was completely, he was stalling the offense. Um, and, and like like I said, four turnovers. He was the reason they were there was nine seven on that fourth intercept on that fourth turnover. So I would have pulled him. That's me. Probably wasn't the, it was probably the right call to keep him in. But if I was the head coach there, I would have yanked him out of the game. Yeah, the the decision making is just so alarming yeah. for Carson Wentz right now. Um, that first fumble early in the game, like. 
what was he trying to do there? I have he no idea. Rolled out to his left. So he's going to his left, looking to throw a cross body to Dallas Goddard, who's not even looking at him. And he takes a monster hit. That was on first and 10. What is wrong with flipping the ball out of bounds, fight on second down against a Cowboys defense who hasn't stopped anyone this year? Why is he looking to make the big play there? I it, it puzzled me. Yeah, that was that was an awful play. And I love that the press conference is like, oh, I was about to throw it away. You had eight <laughs> seconds before to throw it away. What do you mean you're ready to throw it away? Exactly. God. Like, and look, this isn't this isn't losing to Washington week one. Washington's defense is okay, and you know what? You threw two TDs and your stat box is okay. Carson Wentz was 15 of 27 for 123 yards. Four turnovers. That is like, it's like, like it's, it's awful. Like that. That is such a bad stat line. Like it, it's like I look. I am the Carson Wentz defender. I am. People strike to throw the stats at Carson Wentz this year, and they have people throwing the stats their way and been like, look how bad he's been. I've been the one saying, no, don't worry, I'll get it figured out. A lot of it's not on him, um, but it's on him now. Carson Wentz through eight games leads the league in interceptions. He's tied for second in fumbles. He leads the league in sacks. He's 31st in completion percentage. He's 29th in yards per attempt, and he's in year five. Like, it's something's got to give here. Um, I I don't know. I, I, I'm starting to be concerned. I'm – I. I'm starting to have second thoughts about this guy being the franchise quarterback. Um, the Jalen Hurts pick isn't looking too bad right now, to be honest. Um, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't even know what to say. Like, I'm. I'm in complete shock. He played like this. Um, maybe a little kudos to him for snapping out of it and, and taking them on that game-winning drive. Like, if that if that helps Eagles fans up there. But um, the, the offense is is awful. They're 27th in offensive DVOA. Um, they, they can't do it. Like they're simply just boring. Like they, the Bears and Eagles are just boring to watch right yeah. now. Like they're not fun offenses to, to watch, and like their offense doesn't look like there's an identity to it. Like this Greg Ward pre-snap motion that they run, they run 24 percent of the time. 24 percent of the time they had Greg Ward in pre-snap motion. They haven't handed the ball off to him once. Like what's up? No, you're not faking anybody out. Like you're not. No one's going to Greg Ward. He's not a threat. He's not a threat to get the ball in motion. Um. I don't there's, – there's something – they've hit the bye week at the perfect time, I, in my opinion. I know they won. I know it's a win. I know you're supposed to be happy. But he, he didn't play well, and he's, he's starting to – it's starting to become alarming. He – I like I said, I would have pulled him. Probably was the right call to keep him in. But he – it was not – it was warranted to be yanked. There have been quarterbacks who have played a lot better. or There, there have been a quarterbacks that have, like, haven't played worse and that have got pulled before. Like we were, we were on Nathan Peterman territory with that, with that last interception. Um, so I, I so you gotta you gotta factor in that this was versus the, versus the worst defense, defense in the NFL. Yeah, exactly. A defense that also was the game plan was confusing to me because the Cowboys are dead last in the league against the rush this year, giving up something around 150 yards a game on the ground, like. Why, why was the why was the game plan not just hand the ball off? Yeah, like Boston Scott had a great game. Boston Scott had 13 yards after the minute 30 mark of the second quarter. So yeah. they just stopped running the ball. Yeah. Like it's like they just stopped giving it to him, and he was fine. There was massive holes all over the field for Boston Scott to run, and there was just there was no they didn't want to give him the ball. Doug Pierce's play calling has been awful. Um, again, like for on fourth and one, they were fourth and one with 30 seconds left in the second half. And they were at the Cowboys' 45-yard line. You basically just needed 10 yards to get a field goal, but you're at fourth and one. You had three timeouts. And they do a shotgun pass. 
Fold them. Like, and it was like, wasn't there. Like, just run the ball up the middle. Like, find a way to get one yard, call timeout. Then you go, like, then you try to get the field goal range. Like, it, and like, like the miss, and the, like, there's no, there's no, like, misdirection on, and, and their plays. Like, it's all just very blank. Um, they ran a Philly special with five minutes left to go in, in the, in the half when there was seven, six. On third and six, they ran the Philly special. Like, like what? Like, it's not time and place for those kind of plays. Like, it was it was bad. It was really bad to watch. It's You're right. Though, buys come at the right time. Yeah. So, let them. What they the most important thing is that they need to get healthy. And- yeah. They are. They're starting to get healthy. Um. Like, there's a couple positives. Like, T.J. Edwards, complete monster game. Looks like they found themselves a middle linebacker in him. He had 13 tackles, two sacks, force uh, fumble recovery. Or fumble, force fumble. He was awesome. Like he was all over the field. He had he had two TFLs as well. He looked great. He just came back from injury. So it looks like the Eagles could have something at linebacker with him. Um, he and he's young. He's only twenty four years old. So he had a monster game. Brandon Graham. This is what I want to talk to you. Brandon Graham for defensive player of the year might not be so crazy right now. He's got seven sacks, nine TFLs right now. Like in Miles Garrett has nine sacks, five TFLs. So I, in my opinion, I've always said TFLs and sacks. You can put them hand in hand. They're yeah. they're like they're they're a loss of down plus loss of yardage. That's what that's what sack and TFL means to me. Those can go hand in hand, in my opinion. So look, he's playing absolutely lights out in his eleventh season in the league. He again, he had the huge. He saved Wentz's butt because he had that huge uh, strip sack to when it was three nothing. The Cowboys look like they're about to go up ten nothing on the Eagles, and then um, Brandon Graham had a huge strip sack, so he kind of saved Wentz's life. Um, so there was a couple positive. Jalen Rager looked great, in my opinion. He's got he's got Got the athleticism and talent there. They just need to kind of figure out how to put it all together. But he 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 was flashing his ability, um, and I really like the play call on the touchdown. They just need more of that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, and one before we get off this game, I don't know what the Cowboys were doing. I didn't really like their game plan at all. Like they didn't. They kind of just like accepted that like they have a crappy quarterback. Like they didn't yeah. even try to like they didn't even like let him throw the ball at all. I know Danucci. He had a rough game. Like he had there was I counted four missed interceptions. So there was four times where the Eagles. Like you might say, you get half of those. Yeah. He went at two, like, but there were there, there were two of them that literally were right through their hands, and then there were two that were that could have been like 50-50 balls. So he, he did have his rough share, but they were like it was nine seven, and the Cowboys were driving down the field, and they were at the Eagles twenty five yard line. It looked like they were kind of ready to like put the hammer down, and then they run a double reverse mm-hmm. that gets like that gets broken up in the backfield. So yeah, the, yeah. I mean. I, I've never called an NFL game, so I can't imagine what your play sheet looks like with a seventh-round rookie, yeah. um, especially going from an offense when you have Dak and then even to Dalton and then all the way down to Danucci. Your hands are just they're, – they're tied. You can't run much. And I loved what – I loved what um, – Chris Collinsworth uh, said, he said, I don't care how much, how many reps you get in practice until you play in the NFL, the speed is, it's unlike anything you, you'll ever see in college. And Ben DiNucci, he looked like a seventh round rookie. Yeah, he did. Um, it looks like actually, so Andy Dalton got COVID. Um, he's on the COVID list. And it looks like they're trying to rush up Cooper Rush, their backup from last year. They signed him to practice squad a week ago. Looks like they're trying to actually bring him up to start. So it doesn't look like they're going to give the, the Nucci another chance. Um, anyways, so, yeah, a couple of – that was a really crappy game. Eagles on a bye um, on week nine. So let's do a little buy or sell action, Eric. Um, let's start with the trade deadline day. I have a question for you with this. Buy or sell, the NFL has it right with the trade deadline date being after week eight. Do you think they have the right time for this? Like, 
I I personally would sell that. I would like seeing it move back just a little bit longer. <laughs> um, just give more teams more time to see if they're in the thick of it, especially now with the extra wild card spot. You might in two weeks you might see a team that says, "Hey, you know what? Let's make a trade. Let's go for it. Let's get into the playoffs this year." And just a couple couple extra weeks would give managers some some time to really evaluate and and truly see if they're buyers or sellers, because I think at week eight, it's tough. It's tough to determine if you're a buyer or seller. So if they pushed it back, I think it would create more trades. And I mean, it was, it was such a dud today. They got to do something. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm completely selling it. I, I think they have it completely wrong. I hate the fact that it's after week eight, like look at the Minnesota Vikings. Like they just won there. They're probably thinking, Hey, maybe we got a shot now. Like they were a team that was a seller, right? Like, yeah. It's too early. You, you, you start to see week nine, week 10. That's when you start to see the gaps with teams start to spread. Like you start to see the really bad teams and the good teams. They have to move it back. Week eight is too early in the league, in the year. There's still, like another, again, another eight weeks of potential injuries coming up. And how many injuries have we already seen? You know what I mean? Like there could be another just whole load of injuries. Out. So I, I, I don't like it. I think they really have to move it back. And I'd really like to see them do it. And I actually expect them to do it. It's got to be something they look into. Um, I, I think it's time to move it back. Enough's enough. Um, all right, buy or sell. Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers in 2021. Oh, that one's really tough. But watching Jimmy G this year has been tough. So I'm going to yeah. sell it. I think they have an out in his contract, I believe. They can move on from it's it. It's like a $9 million cap hit next year if they move on from him. Right. That's, that's something you can take. You can bite that. Yeah, yeah. because I, I – well, this year is different because San Francisco is so injured, but I feel like they're a quarterback away. Like, yeah. I like every other part of their roster. Um, Jimmy G, he's just he's just not doing it for me. And I think, I, I off the top of my head, I can't think of who would be available in the offseason, but we saw a lot of quarterbacks available this year. So I, I think that – I think the 49ers will move on from them. It's, it hasn't been pretty. I'm also um, selling the fact they'll be the quarterback next year. I think they're gone. I think he's gone. Look, you can't you can't bring him back. He's just had a he's hurt his ankle, right? So he's out for another six weeks, right? I'm th- right off yeah. the top of my head. I'm thinking um, Matt Ryan. Yeah, Matt Ryan. Yeah, we brought this. We brought up that theory earlier this year, right? Yeah. I think that makes like that's the best fit because they're a win now team. I, I doubt they'll kind of look for a, a quarterback to bring up and, and develop. Um, right now, I don't. I just don't see that in their plans with the team that they have built. Um, so Matt Ryan's an option, and yeah, I just don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is an option for them next year. He hasn't been playing well. Another another bad game. I know he left with an injury, but he threw a big interception already in that Seahawks game. He's just hurt his ankle. Um, his contract's pretty large, so if you can get out of that with only a nine million dollar hit, then go for it. Um, I, I think I don't I don't see him being um, the quarterback next year. I'm selling it. All right, so quick, we're gonna go quick fire around here next on uh, next episode. Me and um, Eric are going to be kind of doing a week, uh, kind of just half halfway mark review of the league. So we're going to give you all of our awards, um, and then we're going to kind of break down some teams that we think are contenders or pretenders. So I'm going to just just these three teams I don't want to talk about um, on Thursday. So I'm going to just we'll do them now. Buy or sell Buffalo Bills as a contender? Ooh, I am going to. Buy it because their division isn't that great. I think that New England is awful. I said that before the year. I'm not sold on Cam, so I don't think that they're going to face heat from them. 
Miami is still a huge question mark because even though they won this week, I mean, they didn't have 100 yards until the third quarter because yeah. the Rams just shot themselves in the foot there. So I'm, I still don't know how I feel about the Dolphins with Tua, but I, I do think that the Bills will win the division. And so that makes them a contender, but they, they, they have some issues on their defense. They, they're, they're another team that's struggling to stop the run. And yeah, uh, they have more holes than I thought they did coming into this year, but they're still a contender. Uh, yeah, I guess you, you make a good point because they're winning the division probably, so they'll probably be a, a contender. But, man, Allen, rough game, 11 of 18, 154 yards and a pick. Devin Singletary and Zach Moss kind of carried the load for them. Somehow they just became a running team. <laughs> I guess yeah. the Patriots, they came out of nowhere. They were 32nd in rushing DVOA going into that, into Patriots game. So, yeah, it looks like – um. Looks like they're going to be a contender, but uh, I, I don't know. They, they've got some issues to figure out. All right, the Los Angeles Rams. Um, Are we liking the Rams so far? Do we get three I'm selling that. I mean, Jer- Jared Goff looked like he was playing with his eyes closed. Yeah, he, he had a rough day. He, he was turning the ball over like crazy. And I think I think what I learned from that game more than anything is Brian Flores might be one of these coaches in the future that off a of buy is an automatic bet. He had a game plan prepared for Jared Goff that just completely shut him down. He he had these creative blitzes. And it was awesome to see. Yeah, he was still on their way. The yeah. book the book on Goff is you even get a little bit of pressure on him, he will fold up. Yeah. And Flores had some really creative blitzes that really really made it tough on Goff. And Goff just was Goff was giving the ball away. He didn't even want it in yeah. the first half. He just said, "Here, take it." Yeah. And um, so yeah, I'm 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 selling the uh, Rams because I I I don't like golf. I agree with you. Um, I am selling them. I was not big on them from the start of the year. I even even that Bears win on the on the Monday night. I still wasn't buying them after that. Not buying them after this week. Um, look, the Dolphins defense. I want to give credit to them. Like what I realized, what kind of um, what I'm not, not what I realized today, but kind of what 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 they showed was. Um, the Rams, when they're in shotgun, they're not running the ball. The law, all the running is from um, uh, when the quarterback's under center, and it's built in their play action. When they're under shotgun, they're passing the ball. They pass the ball on 91% of the shotgun plays this year. And the Brian Flores saw that, read that. Every time they were shotgun, he was bringing the heat. And yeah. Goff was confused. He didn't know what to do. Um, I think they're. I think they've got um, – I don't think they have a speed threat too, which is a problem. As good as Robert Woods and, and Cooper Cup are – they severely lack a deep threat, in my opinion. Um, so I, I'm selling them. I, I don't. I think the Dolphins expose them. All right, last one: New Orleans Saints. I'm gonna buy them because yeah. uh, they they just gotta tread water until Michael Thomas comes back. I think that their offense is so so much more deadly with him. Just just him on the field, even if he's not catching passes, he just opens the field up so much more. And teams are able to crowd the line of scrimmage right now because Breeze really isn't that much of a threat to throw the ball downfield right now. He has the lowest um, air yards per attempt. Mm-hmm. So they're really, really using their running backs as their main pass catchers right now. Once they get Thomas back, I think their their offense is going to get back to normal. And their defense, I'm still very – I'm skeptical on their defense. I thought it was going to be a way better unit than – it's showing right now, and maybe Quan Alexander is the injection that it needs. But I, I do see them in the playoffs. I, 
the way that the box looked yesterday, I don't even want to rule out that the Saints could win the division. Exactly, yeah. That's why I'm going to buy them as well, just because I think the Bucks struggled yesterday. It doesn't look like the top of the NFC is as strong as we all like may have thought originally. Like the Green Bay Packers struggled, um, Bucks struggled, Bears struggled yesterday. So like there's there's a lot of a lot of room at the top of the NFC, and the Seahawks were kind of the only um, NFC contender to win. So um, I'm going to buy them as well. I think they've got something if Michael Thomas can come back. Um, and addition to Quan Alexander, that can only help. So I actually, uh, I actually do think the Saints aren't uh, are in good shape for the rest of the year. All right, Eric. Two things we learned this week, and then we're out of here. Um, I'm going to start with my first one. Um, okay, so I was uh, I was big on the Lions this week. Um, I liked them to beat the Indianapolis Colts because I didn't think the Colts were a threat. And boy, was I wrong. I think the Indianapolis Colts are a legit team this uh, this year, Eric. I think they've got something They're on their defensive side of the ball. DeForest Buckner was, was a freak again. Um, they completely shut down a Lions offense. It's actually pretty good when the Lions can open up the field and throw the ball. They're actually a solid offense. I thought the Colts did a great job um, of holding um, holding Lions. And Phillip Rivers is quietly having a good year for the Indianapolis Colts. He is six in EPA per quarterback, so expected points per play, which is crazy. Only Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and I'm missing two quarterbacks I have in front of me or ahead of him. So, like, oh, that's a good company to be in right there. Um, Colts and Phillip Rivers, just like I, I think they might have something there if they can if they can kind of just not turn the ball over. And the second thing I learned is DK Metcalf might be the best receiver in the league. I think he is the best receiver in the league. And I think the sky's the limit for this kid. He looked like an absolute animal. 12 catches, 161 yards, and two touchdowns is insane. Against a good second. It gets a good secondary. And I don't know if you guys seen the movie Happy Gilmore when he's like, Happy learned how to putt. DK Metcalf is learning how to play the wide receiver position. And it's getting kind of scary. He's a freak athlete. He's big, he's fast. He he literally is he reminds me of Terrell Owens. Like he's the closest thing I've seen to Terrell Owens ever. Um, I think this guy's a limit for this kid. I, I think, uh, you like watch out. Like <laughs> the, the league's about to be put on storm. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a yeah. big DK Metcalf guy now. He keeps doing it every week. Yeah. Um, something I learned. I learned that in Tennessee there should be a warrant out for theft <laughs> with for Jadavion Clowney and Vic Beasley. These guys combined got twenty five million dollars this year to come in and supply a pass rush for Tennessee. They have zero sacks on the season between the both of them. This week, they're playing a Cincinnati offensive line that wasn't missing two, wasn't missing three, wasn't missing four. They Bob. were down five. Five. <laughs> Amazing. In for Cincinnati. And ten, these two guys are no-shows. They're invisible. And I know that I'm going to regret this rant because they're coming to Chicago next week yeah. and probably – going to sack Nick Foles a bunch of times now because I said that. But these two guys have been dreadful this year. And if Tennessee is going to go anywhere this year, those guys need to start applying pressure on the quarterback. Um, and what else I learned? Maybe we might have been a little too hard on Drew Locke last week. Yeah. <laughs> Got yeah, it done in crunch time this week. But I still agree with what you said last week. He is always looking for the big throw. But hey, I mean, then I, I watching that game. I thought of it like he's not scared to make that big throw, which is a kind of a quality if you watch Ben Bucci. Yeah, that's true. That a guy who's not afraid to throw that throw the ball into tight windows isn't that bad of a quality. So we might have been a little hard on 
Drew Locke, and we'll see what he does down the road, but he, he's opening the door again for me. Yeah, he had a really rough like first three quarters, but he turned it on the fourth. Yeah. Um, and you're right. I mean, he's, he doesn't give a crap. Like, he's the whole, whole zinging in there and in between holes. He, he's got a – He's got big balls on him, definitely, with some of the throws he makes. So, yeah, you're right. Um, anyways, guys, thanks for tuning in. Um, on our next episode, we will be breaking down the year that was for the first uh, eight weeks. We are halfway point on the NFL season. Very exciting. Um, and we will kind of break down who our MVP is, who our offensive player of the year is, defensive player of the year is, all the accolades. We're going to give our halfway mark awards, and we're going to kind of break down what we've seen through the first eight weeks and what we can expect for the rest of the year. Make sure to hit the subscribe button if you haven't already, and we will talk to you then.